Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Alina Morgan. And this is Song vs. Song. And this week, we are licensed to be Illin. We are doing Run DMC's It's Tricky versus the Beastie Boys' No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I'm amped. I'm pumped. This is, a really, this is a really good matchup, and I don't know if we're going to be good enough to, to hit its level, but we could try. I don't know. I feel like we needed to, uh, like, rehearse, like, our own, like, Beastie Boys Run DMC routine where we finished each other's lines. Oh, and we didn't do that at all. So <laughs> no, this, this is not going to go well. Listen, we're just we'll just both be the Rick Rubin in the situation. Like, not actually good at anything, but uh, yeah. you know, you take technically, that back. but technically involved in both. Rick Rubin is a genius. Yes, but he, whatever you know what I'm talking he's a, about. He's a crazy man. You know, situationally, that sometime within the last couple months of us recording this episode, he said that thing that he basically doesn't really know how to do anything he just knows what's good he just has a, a, he, he has a good ear he knows when a thing hits his ear right well he did very well on these two records these are very fucking good records they're very vital uh they are i think it's very think, vital oh now obviously there are two bigger songs by both these bands that i could have picked and i thought about them very hard I could have done Walk This Way versus Fight for Your Right. But that one was a little tainted because Aerosmith. And I don't want to put Beastie Boys against Run DMC and Aerosmith. And I always yeah. do the more obvious ones anyway. We're going to we're gonna drop it to the second song for each of them, I guess. Okay. I thought it would have been pretty wild if you were like, we could have done it another way. The much more obvious choice where we could have done Peter Piper versus <laughs> hold it now hit it because they both sample take me to the mardi gras by bob james there were only Bam. like there were only like eight samples until like 1988 so. well i mean well also just in general that like that the actual that part of that song only appears in um the run dmc tune and it's just the drums that appear in the the bc boy song but like they both sample it and that song in general gets sampled a lot I forget where I heard it, but I, I remember like, here's a bunch of songs where little bits that you might remember. And I got to that one and I was like, that just kind of like blew me away. Just like, like it always does when you hear samples that you have known forever, but you've never listened to the source. Like for me, the source of that beat is Peter Piper by Run DMC. It started there. And if anything, Bob James legendary jazz keyboardist arranger and record producer sampled it <laughs> 10 years beforehand uh-huh he's a time that's traveler a, yes that's how i see that he's a he's a doctor who um that's right i reference a sci-fi franchise that's not star trek uh, but, don't, but don't worry star trek will be coming up here this is a I've pretty been, easy one. Oh right um, anyway, I, the other thing that's surprising, of course, is that, yes, uh, if you're doing this era of BC, um, there was a more obvious choice, but in general, I am excited for future us because eventually we're doing sabotage and I, mm -hmm. I know what I would put against it. 
Um, we could talk about that under separate cover, but I, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's just like the Smells Like Teen Spirit situation. It doesn't really matter what you put up against Sabotage. There's absolutely nothing that's going to be able to touch it. But there are songs that are similar from a similar era that you can kind of see, like have different starting places, but kind of arrive to a spot where you're like, yes, these are both, <laughs> these hit your brain in the same way. Well, we are here today to talk yes. about It's Tricky by Run DMC. Yes, we versus are. No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys. Now, I'm going to ask you, what is it? And try to uh, take out the fact that you are, in fact, a, you know, a New York Jew from the outer boroughs. Well, so like this is... Well, not from, but you are in I am pr- I am presently in one of the outer boroughs. You are correct. Yes. Um, look, man, my take in brief is... The Beastie Boys are the better group. It's Tricky is the better song. I would not agree. Really? Run DMC are, I think at this point, the better band. Well, I didn't mean like in the moment. I just meant like in some totality. I would agree that the Beastie Boys were the better band. I'd say Run DMC are by far the more important band. And considering how important the Beastie Boys are, that's saying something. But uh, Well, okay, so... Without Run DMC, there is no Beastie Boys. I mean, that's, well, that, okay, so like that, on, on that, I suppose we agree um, for sure. This is like one of those interesting things, right? Um, because I will see articles on the internet when I say, for example, I'm preparing for an episode of Song vs. Song um, that say that License to Ill is ahead of its time. And I will say, I understand where you might think that if you're insane. (laughs) However, this is a knockoff Run DMC album. (laughs) Um, They're like, this is the most Run DMC album that they put out. Um, This is the most Run DMC album anyone's put out that wasn't Run DMC. Yeah, for sure. And like, here's the thing. Um, I think so. This is where things get kind of tripped up. So it's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. Yeah, I think it's very vital to um, <laughs> to to say that, in my opinion, raising hell, especially if you're just going based on the first four songs, is probably the best Run DMC record. It's so good. That's a great album. Like. It's I'm not sure that like the whole rest of it quite lives up to that, but Peter Piper, It's Tricky, My Adidas, and Walk This Way are well, I, well, those four tracks in a row. I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's any four tracks in a row off of License to Ill that quite touch that for me. Definitely my favorite Run DMC album, but License to Ill is not is not my favorite Beastie Boys album. And the other problem is, if you asked me what my favorite Beastie Boys album is, I could not fucking tell you. There's too many choices after that for albums that I would say maybe, could be, possibly. Uh, I'll tell you what. I did not feel the need to review, uh, you know, re-go over both these two albums because let's say they they are pretty well-worn in the old Todd Nathanson household. But... (laughs) I, I tell you what, uh, you know, I was just like cooking some stuff. Today. I was like, I might as well throw on License to Ill anyway. And it's like, my God, that's a good album. It's very good. I would 
I'm sure the Beastie Boys would not want that to be their like legacy, their number one album. But it's just so fucking good. It's it's not their best album, though. It, Ain't no way. It's not even close. I don't even know if I'd put it in the top three. I don't know, man. I don't know. This is not a controversial opinion. You know, don't look at me like that. And, well, okay, so look. Here's the, the place I'm coming from is this. Ill Communication came out in 1994. Correct. That's the one with Sabotage and that, Down and that Sure w- Shot, I think. But, that was the first year of my high school career. Mm-hmm. In 1998... The last year of my high school career, Hello Nasty came out. Mm-hmm. Um, these albums bookended, you know, a pretty important seminal time in my understanding of myself and my understanding of self vis-a-vis music. So those ones, and I would say um, in a kind of a different way, Paul's Boutique, those are probably my, I would put all three of those ahead personally i think those are all better records i mean like i i, I would stand up for license hill like, well, like these are pretty justifiable opinions if you want to put you know hell and nasty Hill communication and uh what was the third one paul's boutique check paul's boutique and, and you know check your head's pretty good yeah it's fantastic um i just i mean paul's boutique just all the way through is uh the way i look at it is um if you look at License to Ill, that is a house party. Mm-hmm. And Paul's Boutique is the house party has gotten so big that it's now become a street party. Like, I just feel like it's it's a, it's an evolution of the house party, right? Like, it's doing more. It's like, because it's the whole street and not just one apartment, like, now you've got, like, there's just influences of all the cultures on the block. It just, it feels like such a natural evolution, just such a better record. To me. That's fair. I mean, License to Ill is an incredibly stupid album. Yes, it is. It's a wonderful stupid album. But I think it's, it's I think it's interesting that the the sort of way that that came about, that album, because it sort of has a weird starting point, I suppose, in a way, mm-hmm. because you have to, you know, keep in mind, I mean, I'm assuming that people know who both of these groups are. Do you want to? So the kids, wanna, the kids wanna, don't. Do you want to introduce who the Beastie Boys are and who Run DMC are in the general before we explain what the what the starting place is? Well, um, except for like the people who invented hip hop in like the early seventies or something like that, Run DMC is like the most influential hip hop group like ever. They basically invented hip hop the way we know it now because like. Back in the day, for like the first through the seventies and the early eighties, you didn't rap about how good you were at rhyming, and they basically invented that. They invented like the the hard, the hard pose, the coolness, and like this is shocking to me. They were teenagers, yes, but they were the the, the first everything. Like I did some like reviews of like what they say about Run DMC in hindsight. It was like they were the first hip-hop act on MTV, the first hip-hop act with a platinum album, the first hip-hop act uh, on the cover of Rolling Stone. They were just like the first everything. They were like the first real stars of hip-hop. So they are, you know, the the pioneers. They're Elvis. The BC Boys came up 
alongside them, like a couple of years behind them or something like that. But they were also their starting places totally different because their starting place is not the rap game at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's hardcore. It's hardcore punk. You know, if you're talking about the reality, right, especially if you if we're going to skip to the first time that they released anything officially, it's um, Polywog Stew in 82. And that's mm-hmm. just hardcore all the way through from top to bottom. Um, and there's nothing really on that record by itself that to me indicates where they're going to go. It's not until shortly thereafter that they put out this 12 inch with a song called Cookie Puss on Cookie it. Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss is the, is the game changer, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the track that's, it's not quite that it's a, a, like a rap song, wouldn't call it that, but it is a song that samples other things, including a, a little bit of Steve Martin stand up, the goofy sense of humor about it. I think those are the, the things that you sort of really pick up um, that are the the predictor for where the Beastie Boys are going to ultimately go. But they are punk rock guys. They're guys who at least some of the time use instruments that they know how to play. Um, pretty famously, once they'd gotten really big, um, I think, what was it, in 97 that they put out Oglio Oglio? I don't know that one. <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's one of the two ones I own on vinyl, which I feel says a lot about me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was their, their throwback to be like, Hey, remember when we were a hardcore punk band? Here's a, here's a little more of that. Yeah. And they kind of fell into hip hop because of that. And like, because they were dumb kids at the time and they were just fucking goofing around. They were originally a very goofy band. I think, I think Rick Rubin said like, you're going to be like wrestling heels and you're going to like put on your costume and you're going to like talk shit at the crowd and all that. And so they became like this kind of a parody of a frat boy band that instead of like they were like a sex, drugs and rock and roll hair metal band. But instead of that, they were B-boys. And so they made this really dumb party album that is one of the greatest dumb party albums ever made. And they they quickly got tired of it, is what my understanding, like as early as like the second album, I was like, this sucks. We don't want to spend our lives being uh, pretending to be morons on stage for the rest of our lives. Yeah, well, I mean, also, um, they were straight up ashamed of elements of the album. There were lyrics in there that were homophobic. There was the original title of the album, which we won't say out loud, but is... Uh, pretty openly homophobic um, that they were pretty embarrassed about it after the fact. But at the time um, they played into the persona so much that I think Rick Rubin kind of hated their guts a little bit (laughs) um, because he thought that they were arrogant and they were just, I think like you're saying, I think they just, they were, they were like playing the heel. No, I, I literally just watched their documentary that they have oh, on yeah. Apple TV, and they were like, yes, we were like trying to be like Rowdy Roddy Piper. We were just like nuts. We were being complete maniacs. And, you know, it's easy to see them like as kids like that. I did not realize Run DMC were just basically the exact same age because they always seemed like men to me. Yeah, well, I think the thing about Run DMC is that um, very quickly they understood their place in the world how to be a success intentionally 
And they had a thing that the Beastie Boys kind of accidented into, Run DMC did intentionally, which is having a brand identity, right? Like Run DMC, very good at branding. Oh, yeah, they picked their costumes out real early. They had to leave real early. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Um, Um, So wait, uh, so so there's a... Funny thing, go look up one of their albums during like the new Jack Swing era from the early 90s where they're not wearing their, you know, their B-boy outfits with the hats and the glasses and the chains. It looks so wrong. It looks so wrong. There were like bright colors because it's like 89 or 90 or something like that. Well, the thing no, this, about Run DMC is, is, is a that black clad band. As, as important as they are, mm-hmm. once you leave the 80s, they just ain't got no place. Like... There's no place for Run DMC after that. They don't really make any sense in the '90s. They're not a '90s band. They had a, a like at least one song people seem to be fairly fond of from the '90s called "Down with the King." I'm down with the king. I just nah. like it's just they're not, but they're not having that level of like they plateaued. Yeah, as soon as like it's tricky, and that whole album "Raising Hell" is their peak. And they never really quite got that again. Now, when like you were talking about like you being in high school, when I entered high school, that was like at the height of rap metal. And so like, oh, man, rap and rock. It's a thing. We can do this. And you know who invented that shit? Run DMC. Aerosmith and Kid Rock were trotting out Run DMC all the goddamn time. Like, hey, remember yeah, Run DMC? I remember that. But and they just- they just felt, to me at that point, they felt like the past because I was so specifically, again, I mean, I didn't get into rap in a real way until I was probably in like eighth grade and it was because my friend had given me a mixtape and there was some Dre stuff on there, there was some Snoop stuff on there and the Wu-Tang was on there and like, to me, that was just reality. That, that just, like, I listened to that. I was like, wow, I don't know what this is, but it's fucking real. And when I listened to, like, Run DMC, I was like, what is this? Is, is this, like, a novelty? What is this? <laughs> like, and I know that that's dumb kid shit because I just didn't know the history of it. But always on an instinct level, Run DMC is always going to feel of the past to me, even though they are at the root of the entire rap game, like... They just don't have the staying power as far as rap is concerned that the 90s rap I was listening to as it was coming out did. In, uh, you know, like the the original rock rock and roll people from the 50s, most of them didn't make it into the 60s. And hip-hop changed so quickly. Yes. It's very easy to see how Run DMC got left behind. And even the BC Boys had to, like, kind of switch over to more of a rock sound. To keep up. Yeah, I just, I mean, again, like, that's the thing, right, is that when I say I think that the Beastie Boys are a better group, what I mean is they're a more versatile group. They were able to extend themselves into very different places record to record, right? There was a constant evolution. If if License to Ill is a house party and Paul's Boutique is... The party has made its way out into the street. Well, by the time you get to 1998, the party is now quite literally intergalactic, right? Like, that's just such an evolution. And I just 
have never looked to run DMC and thought they did anything like that. I, I did a, a poll once on uh, Twitter to see, like, what do you think is the worst era of hip hop? And, uh, you know, overwhelmingly, the, the vote was for the 2000s. But a lot of people came in hard on like the 80s. These kids today, they don't know about how you know important it was because them. This is just like, man, this stuff is so primitive. It's basic. That's the thing. Yeah. But it's, you know, I think the analogy I always make is that um, if you ask me my favorite video games, a lot of them are 80s stuff, right? Like, I go hard for Ms. Pac-Man. That game rules. <laughs> Tetris is probably in the top five greatest video games of all time now and forever. That's not a complicated game. That that game, depending on what age you were when you played it, there is a good chance you played it on the Game Boy when it was just this pea green bunch of blocks going down and the sound was like... <laughs> like, so, a lot, you know, sometimes a, a little bit goes a long way. That primitiveness is... It's still like there's something in your brain that sees it in ecstatic color, you know? Yeah, like there is no Run DMC song that sounds dated to me. Like for me, that stuff still holds up. But like it's tricky, like trying to put on modern ears and not like the little kid ears I had when I first heard it. It's like a little corny. It's a tiny bit corny. I mean, the, like the the rhyme scheme, you would never hear any rapper today like rhyme with like that kind of Dr. Seuss uh, meter to it. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock a rhyme. That's right on time. It's a it's a limerick. It's yeah. like and it's like complete. It's their most gimmicky of songs. I feel like with that like back and forth limerick, you know, poet rhymes. A lot of Run DMC just sounds like that. It's not that what they, I don't, it's maybe to say that it sounds old fashioned is not right. I think it's just that it's the same thing where like, um, you know how ice spice is very popular with some people, but the prevailing, uh, opinion amongst music critics is that she just uses the one flow and that gets mm -hmm. old fast. And they were saying that about the baby before he got, uh, you know, yeeted off the face of the earth. But yeah, yes, that is a thing that also happened. Hi. Uh, but the thing is that Run DMC kind of has the one thing they do. They just do it really fucking well. I mean, the, all those songs go fucking hard. Well, yeah, if you're going to do the one thing, it's better to do it like that than to have the one thing be drill or like mumblecore or something like that yeah. you know if, it, if that's all you've got that's not as exciting as as what run is bringing i I've, i just feel like the best thing about both these songs is how hard they go and no sleep till brooklyn goes a lot harder this really I mean, like it's a, it's a it's a hair metal song it's a party like it's a headbanger i have that's the <sighs> man i did not know i did not think you were gonna go this hard against license to ill era beastie boys it's not but the thing is that it's not that album is bad it's just that <laughs> if you're if you're going by just by the i mean it's cheating to, to do just by the first four tracks but good grief man peter piper is tricky my adidas and walk this way <laughs> i is unstoppable and it's hard for me to separate it's tricky from the rest of that run Mm -hmm. they all just yeah like and and and, and, run, and, the, and the, 
yeah, just like those four tracks all in a row all go collectively so hard. And I like No Sleep Till Brooklyn, but there's another song off that album that kind of does the same thing. Like I know it's not as designed to be a hair metal anthem, obviously, but like I prefer it. Oh, excuse me. Good God. Let me try mm-hmm. that again. But I do prefer it. I, Cause I, I do feel as though every day I have to fight for my right <laughs> to party. Um, that's a, that that's a jam that just endlessly has potential for personal deep meanings for me. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I, I get it. I understand the argument in favor of it going hard and everything, but like one of these songs was so good (laughs) that later on down the line, an entire video game was just built around it. (laughs) Uh, I never played that game, but my little brother played the fucking shit out of that game. It's, it's pretty good. And I'll tell you part of what makes the game good is the song. (laughs) Like it's it's, it's a, no it's no Tony Hawk. It's a snowboarding game called SSX Tricky, and, and when whenever you perform you do, tricks, the song comes on. Yeah, and whenever you do a, a trick, they'll go. You hear Ron and DMC going, "It's tricky to rock a rhyme to rock a rhyme," like, and so you will. Boy, I would get sick of that song very quickly if I had played that game. I feel like, you know, strangely, it it never got <laughs> like I I feel like at the time. It must have gotten old, but I look back on it pretty fondly and I think, man, that song was so good that it should have made me want to tear my hair out. But my hair just ended up lasting so long that it had to fall out naturally in my 40s. It's amazing. You know, maybe if I were like pulling off some sweet tricks when that song came on, maybe I could imagine really getting loving It's Tricky more than I already do. It's Uh, pretty cool. Listening to my, hearing my little brother play it in the background was a different experience. I was like, does it happen every single time you do a flip? And he was like, yes, yes. Every single time. In different tempos. I will say, um, these girls are really sleazy. (laughs) All they just say is, please please me. me. I, um, I mean, better or worse than, girls do do the dishes. (laughs) MCA's in the back because he's skeezing with a whore. Boy. Oh, uh, boy. Surely it was. <laughs> it was the time to be alive, 1986. I'm glad I was I mean, only six years old. Boy, that, like, I can imagine how quickly the the Beasties got so sick of being those guys. Like, it's, it's a funny thing. Both- scumbags? Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like fun. Both Run DMC and the Beastie Boys have said, like, we were so not into that kind of rock and roll. Like, that was all Ruben. Yeah. um, I think pretty notoriously. um, Didn't didn't the the Beastie Boys have somebody from, like, Slayer come over and do that? Harry King from Slayer, yes. Yeah. um, And, like, they didn't like him and he didn't like them, (laughs) is my understanding. Well, they made beautiful music together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, pretty like, obvious. I'm not, like, I'm not, listen, I'm not, I, I feel like I'm going negative against this song, not because I think it's bad, but because the bounciness, the fun of it's tricky. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, you could talk about how hard um, No Sleep Till Brooklyn goes, and it certainly does go hard. But the 
the jubilance, the <laughs> joy of It's Tricky to me is so infectious that it overtakes. I feel like Run and DMC never worked together as well as they did on It's Tricky. Because it, it feels like they are both really enjoying each other's like presence and company and like the, doing the back and forth. And like the the whole back and forth thing was what they were known for. But like they are like trading lines and it's just like a joyous thing. Like they they seem like they are having a fucking blast. You would you would say that you think it's tricky is also better than their version of Walk This Way? Walk This Way has I mean, it's such an important and big and amazing song that has been pretty beaten into the ground for me. Like, as recently as, like, within the last five years, Aerosmith did, like, yet another Grammys appearance where they yet again pulled out Run DMC. Like, I've been watching them do that for 25 years now or something like that. Well, which one, can I ask you, this is a little off the beaten track, but I think is relevant to, to at least one of the two bands. Which version of Walk This Way did you hear first? Oh, the uh, the Run DMC version. Same. Yes. I remember like I said, when I got into music was 1999, the year of corn and Limp Biscuit and all that and Kid Rock. <laughs> and so like, like we, for some reason they were like, we need to bring this back to like where it all started. It started with Run DMC and Aerosmith. And so they were playing that shit all the goddamn time. I think more than they did in 1986. It could be. I remember it very well. Um, another uh, a sidebar um, on my short list as 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 a very weird person that um, that actually likes Christmas music. It's part of the reason why we do a Christmas episode every year. Mm. Um, Christmas and Hollis is like probably in my top five favorite Christmas songs. I you know, love that. I love that track. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought your allegiances on this one would be with uh, the Beastie Boys, but you're like you're in Queens right now. Yes, I am. uh, I never was able to figure out uh, which neighborhood is which in any borough of any city. But like you could presumably walk to where to Hollis Avenue right now. I could I? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty lazy, Todd. So Mm -hmm. I can't really say that for sure. But um, here's what I know. I remember loving Walk This Way, the Run DMC version. And I remember. My father, at some point, probably like early 90s, being quite flabbergasted at the fact that I had never heard the original version. And like... Much like Run DMC themselves. And pulled out, pulled out, like he went into the basement and pulled out the Aerosmith record. And all I remember about that time, that, that time, that first time I heard it, was that I feel what I feel exactly the same way now is that on that version, he just goes, walk this way, talk Talk this this way. And like run DMC version, he goes, walk this way, talk this way. And you're like, that's way better. It is way better. So much better. Like you could say whatever you want about anybody in the world, I suppose. But like run DMC understood melody, right? Like they understood melody. Um, to go up and then down. And the way that they delivered those lines to me is infinitely superior. You know, it's not just that that is a 
breakthrough song. It's not just that it's a song that brought rap to a larger audience. It's that that song, the Run DMC version, is, to me, miles. It's embarrassingly better than the original Aerosmith version. And I don't think it's just because I heard that one first. I truly do think it's just infinitely superior. I I agree. So I and hold Run I feel- DMC from this era in a very high regard. You know, you're making a case for it. I, th- I, I can feel my uh, solidity of my opinion starting to weaken. It's like, just, it's all so good. And Peter Piper is a great starting track, too. Like, it's, ah, oh man, those first four tracks. If you're talking about just going hard and 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 filling a room and and achieving that sort of, like, house party, street party, just whatever, like, whatever party it is. You're putting if you're if you're a DJ, you're putting one or all of these. I, I can't imagine like what it was it like in 1986. Like Run DMC was like the first hip hop group to actually like go mainstream and like w- being there at that moment as hip hop becomes hip hop as we know it. The important thing that is going to completely overwhelm all other forms of music. Yeah. I'm reading Wikipedia and like everyone like right away like news like it's tricky cribs the guitar part from the next my Sharona a fatuous new wave song and turns it into vital street art going hard against my Sharona. But well, I think it's really funny that those those guys didn't even realize <laughs> until way, way, way after the fact they they filed a lawsuit like decades later. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, why didn't you do this before? And they were like, we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know. How do you not know? It's one of the biggest songs. People don't can't imagine now, like the during this like no genre, everything is everything era, like how siloed genres used to be, especially hip hop. Like this is like a thing that had to happen because like this could be like the biggest song in the world. And the motherfucking guy who got sampled doesn't know about it. It really, I find it very telling um, of a lot of things, but um, I don't know, man. Again, like it's this period of time is the best run DMC is ever, ever is. Um, Yes. Obviously like people would trot them out and still do. And they're still very good at doing the one thing. But when I think about hip hop and rap in general, to me, I see, the most transformative genre in all of music. The one that constantly challenges, that constantly changes, that constantly evolves, right? Like there's always a new form. There's always new people that are trying to find a new way and succeeding at flipping the script and doing something different. It is the most vital, living, organic genre of music um, in my mind. This is this is my opinion. This is one person's opinion. I'm very grateful that rock music right now sounds like 90s rock music because that's the 90s. That's the music I grew up on, right? So that's neat. Oh, wow. Like, isn't that cool? Rock music has come around and is doing this retro thing. And a lot of genres have a tendency to really wear their influences on their sleeves and do like the retro, like what what, what was good 20 years ago is now back again. Rap to me is always looking forward. And my only criticism of Run DMC is that they have never, other than the 1980s, they have never felt that way to me. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, 
everyone's like pulling from like, oh, I'm trying to sound like Madonna or, you know, Michael or Prince right now. I can't imagine anyone trying to sound like Run DMC right now. Like that's now, just not now, a thing that's going to happen. Now that you've said that, it's going to <laughs> it will happen. Um, I heard a Roddy Rich song that sounded kind of like it came from the 80s, but that's like the closest. And like no one's going to flow like Run DMC. No one ever has flown flowed like Run DMC, but like that that stuff sounds so basic now. Even though I mean it sounds great, but you cannot imagine anyone trying to rap that simple these days. Like I said, like, you know, it's tricky. Might as well be a sonnet. It's just like uh, the rhyme scheme is so nailed on and no one raps like that anymore. This is the difference to me. So No Sleep Till Brooklyn is counter to the genre of rap, in my mind, a throwback. It is a throwback because not only is it them or, or, or a lateral move because they're trying to sound like Run DMC on that album just through and through. But also by bringing in this guitar player and doing this hair metal thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's backwards. That's what's going to rapidly become the past in the next couple of years. (laughs) So the thing about that song in particular off of that album that has always felt like an argument against it um, in general, but very much an argument against it for – the this little thing we do this 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 silly podcast is that it it is counter to the rap game in that it feels like it's looking behind its shoulder a little bit and the reason why i prefer the 90s albums of of the beastie boys is because every time they put out an album i felt like we lurched forward right like uh, ill communication is such a lurch forward. I remember hearing Sabotage for the first time. That changed everything. Do you remember hearing that song for the first time? Uh, the first time I heard Sabotage was probably already five years old. Unbelievable, but- unbelievable to me. I remember <laughs> when it debuted and it, it, uh, my whole body exploded. I couldn't believe it. And I still feel that way every time I hear it. And Intergalactic was the same way, right? Like, I don't know. It's not that don't sleep till no sleep till Brooklyn. It's not that it's bad, but it just doesn't do what the best of the Beastie Boys does. Whereas it's tricky is just the dictionary definition of the best of what Run DMC is. You know, it's funny in King of Rock. There's a, a the the music video starts with like them being like barred from a rock and roll museum, and then having to like crash their way in. And No Sleep Till Brooklyn starts with, like, some promoter telling he's like, you're not the band. Where's your instruments? And they hold up their, like, turntable and like, well, they that's not a real record, ba- Just a record. Yeah, just a record. You're not a real band. And it's like, it's so funny, like, what underdogs hip-hop was at that time. Like, they were, like, so jealous of rock and roll. That's why, like, they had to be, like, sort of rock and roll bands to bring hip-hop into the mainstream. And that seems so silly now. Yes, well, it's like that. And that's the way way it is. is. Um, We got it. We did it. Yes. We did it. Well, I I ran over you, as I always do. Um, I'm glad that you brought up King of Rock, by the way. I feel like that. uh, maybe not enough people talk about how good that track is. That's a really, that's a decent album and a really good song. I have listened to, you know, in preparation, I did listen to, like, all of Run DMC's albums, and boy, they... We're chasing King of Rock 
for the rest of their careers. Like every other song they did had either the words King or the words rock in it. You're not I, honestly, I, I thought about, I was like, maybe I should have put King of rock up against no sleep till Brooklyn. But I was like, no King of rock would have killed that. Would it? Why? But that's such an interesting thing to say, because I don't think of King of rock as a song that um, people talk about as much anymore. Am I, am I out of touch? I mean, I don't think anyone talks about 80s hip hop anymore. Well, people, but that's the thing. The difference is Walk This Way has lived on because um, Run DMC and Aerosmith did a secret handshake. And by that, <laughs> I mean a very public handshake where they were like, let us continue to elevate each other's career whenever one of us needs it. And then they <laughs> sure fucking did that for a while. Um, and it's tricky was literally the thing by which SSX Tricky was built. And SSX Tricky was a part of that era of video games where it was all about the music, right? Which is which is what Tony Hawk was also about. Right. And so they managed to remain. Um, that's how they endured in, in the 90s. And I think also um, that uh, that's kind of how they got into the 2000s a little bit too was because of the tricky factor. So it's kind of a, it's, it's a, they kind of kept relevance in a way that was sort of sideways, but also why not? Who cares? But yeah. the, the thing is that there is, I can't, I'm not aware of anything King of Rock has done. Any sideways cultural thing within the last 20 or 30 years that kept it vibrant that would make it a good pick for Song versus Song. I don't know. Like, it, for me, that, like, the more I think about it, like, to me, that's their second song after Walk This Way. Hmm. It's a great track. I'm not, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Like, and for the BC Boys, like, this era of BC Boys is like almost a completely different band. Like as as early as their second album, they are like a completely different band that you would not recognize. Like for me, like License to Ill is a different band, the same way that Van Halen with David Lee Roth is a different band from Van Halen with Sam, Sammy Hagar. Yes, on this we agree. Um, Beastie Boys is not Beastie Boys until Paul's Boutique, um, and it, in in some ways, it's not even really them until you get to Ill Communication, like. That's like the record. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, Check Your Head is also very, I, Jesus. They just have so many good albums. Um, but their, their 90s oeuvre is what I think of when I think of them. The 90s is their, is their decade. You think it's time? Yes, we've, we've really, I think we've said about the same five things, 20 different ways. So let us do it now one more time, but with the structure of Four questions that we ask every episode, which sort of take all of the nonsense that we've talked about and hopefully make it make sense. Uh, the first question is a question of uh, the importance of value in history. One of these songs is going to stick around. The other one is going to be erased from time as though it never existed. Like in a Doctor Who. Uh, for the culture, Todd, which one of these songs has to stay? It's a hard one because neither, really neither of these is the definitive. I mean, that's a that's an interesting way to do it, I guess. I, I always go for like the number one song with their number two song. Hmm. Well, without It's Tricky, we don't get SSX Tricky. <laughs> God, what would that game you know, have been like, instead? And I don't know if I've, um, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, I don't know if I've uh, heard that one much outside of me listening to it. Oh like I no! People- I think I think it's still got value, and and you know uh, when when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows movie came out, the debut trailer featured the song, and that's very blah blah Idol. et cetera et cetera. That's a fact. 
Uh, you know, It's Tricky is also on that soundtrack of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, but not the good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the other one. The Bay ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be It's Tricky. And, it's, and it is tricky, but I think that's that's what I have to go with. I don't know, man. Do I do I really do the borough of Brooklyn this dirty? <laughs> I does lived Brooklyn in the, have I, any other songs? I lived in my of course it does. Um but I lived in East Name one. for a time. I, I don't man, don't put me on the spot. I'm yeah. not like that. My point is that I lived off of the L train for, for, for a period of time. And so should I really be doing Brooklyn this dirty? It's really tough to say. As much as I prefer it's tricky. I think I'm going to vote the other way. I feel like when I think of Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn is, I don't know. I think that comes out, I think about it more often than um, You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party, honestly. like, hmm. And I prefer that song, but like in the cultural zeitgeist, I feel like No Sleep Till Brooklyn is more likely to show up. So I feel like for the for the culture, I would I would keep No Sleep Till Brooklyn. All right, oh, so we're house, we di- to- house divided. Yes. Here we go. But in, uh, we not go. the way you expect. Here we go. Uh, yes. Question number two is also kind of a historical question. Um, you can be a fly on the wall, experience soup to nuts, everything up to and including the music video for one and only one of these two songs, which is the one where you want to know how the sausage got made. Oh, man. Like, both this era of hip-hop is so mythologized. Uh, the... B-boying and the yes y'all and and like these two bands specifically, like I was like, what would sounds like the more fun to be around? I don't know. I I, I want to say no sleep till Brooklyn. Honestly, well, there's some because, drama. I want to see the drama. <laughs> what drama? The the part where they like that, they don't that like Carrie King not or, get along. Yeah, that apparently that music video set was unpleasant. You know, I I, I, I know. we look at the same sources. And that source said, you know, it was in the book, I Want My MTV. I have that book. I looked at it. I didn't see that quote anywhere. So oh, interesting. I can't trust that site. Can't trust that site. Well, that's no good. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, if you can't trust that site, you know what we could do? What's that? Get in our Doctor Who time machine <laughs> and go find out the facts. I feel like it'd be more interesting. On the other hand, you could uh, watch uh, Penn and Teller in their prime. You the could, strict- you could. I um, Penn and Teller. I don't think we. So we didn't even mention the fact that Penn and Teller were in the Run DMC video. Um, the thing that always surprises me is just how prevalent they were at the time. People don't realize. Speaking of having really good branding, Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. <laughs> The run DMC of the magic game. (laughs) They were uh, the OGs. I mean, they're still very successful, Um, but they were, I, you don't quite understand how big they got in the 1980s unless you were there. There's a reason why Penn Jillette's voice became a thing that you would just hear, right? Like he was like the voice of the, of the comedy central network in the beginning like uh, every time I, there was a coming up on the next half hour of whatever the fuck, it was always Penn Jillette's voice. And that wouldn't have happened if, if they if the him and, uh, and, and, and Teller hadn't gotten so big in the 1980s. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of interesting too. Like what, what part in their success story? That's a I, weird I, thing to say though. I want to, I want to know about the run DMC tale 
Not because of Run DMC, but because of Penn and Teller. I don't know. I, I looked up Run DMC, Penn and Teller, and the first thing that came up was not the video. It's just some promo they're doing. And like Run DMC is there and Jam Master J is there and they're, you know, their hats and sunglasses and giant chains and they're, you know, Penn and Teller are there in their suits. It looks so wrong. Well, they they stole that one girl's chance. Yeah, the, the premise is that like they're like three card Monty scammers and they, they took some girl's chains. They they scammed it off of her and then they the girl called Run DMC to go get their chains back. Yeah, well, they, thought, they thought it was very vital that she get the chance back. <laughs> oh, um, it's yeah. not that easy. <laughs> Where do you land now, now, now that we've had a weirdly serious debate about this? I don't know. Uh, on the other hand, the No Sleep Till Brooklyn video has a gorilla playing guitar. That's <laughs> That sounds fun. I'll tell you, we are a very mature adult podcast for grownups. <laughs> that sounds fun. It does. I, I think I would still go with it's. Mm, I don't know. God damn it. Uh, I, I'm going to go with it's tricky just because I have to pick one. I don't. I don't feel like I'm going to regret that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, especially because again, the the all of the most important stuff that was happening in the '80s for rap was kind of around Run DMC. So I think it would be interesting to see like who else was around. Like who else were they hanging out with? What's the story there? Like give me a little, give me give me more of the. the the fleshy details of that that are that sound fun and upbeat as opposed to um, watching people be angry making a music video because nobody really liked each other and maybe even Rick Rubin was irritated. That doesn't sound, that's not the kind of drama you want. All right, question number three. A very important question in this, interest, in this instance and I think perhaps impossible to answer. Megan the Stallion, going to get up to a night of hot girl shit, going to have a playlist that she's listening to as she gets ready for said night of hot girl shit. Todd, for all time, only one of these songs can be hot girl shit. Which one is it? There is no wrong answer. No Sleep Till Brooklyn. It absolutely is No Sleep Till Brooklyn. There's a right (laughs) answer. It's No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Yes. There's not a wrong answer, but I think there's a right answer. Yes. It's weird. It's weird in this instance pick, picking the white guys, but I feel confident. I mean, they're just partying so goddamn hard. A uh, manager's crazy. He always smokes dust. He's got his own room in the back of the bus. Like that. It's tricky is a fun song, but No Sleep Till Brooklyn is actually about partying. It's got to be that one. Yeah, I agree. All right, now we have come to the most important question, the final question, not just the most critical question that we ask on this show, but the most critical question that's been asked in all the time that humanity has existed on this planet or other planets for all you know. Um, William Shatner, actor, thespian, uh, equestrian, man about town, singer, he's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Todd, which one of these songs must be shat upon? I mean, this is hard because Shatner will have to do both Run and DMC and Ad-Rock and Mike D and Yauk because I don't think he can just recite them himself. I think he has to do it with other Shatners. Oh, yes. And it feels like you you would lose something. Like maybe like Nimoy can uh, be DMC to to Run. No, 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 no. you're (laughs) wrong. You're wrong. Here's how I know. 
People love when I say you're wrong, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Look forward to a one-star review complaining about that. There's a movie that came out in the 90s called Free Enterprise. You, you familiar with it? No, I don't. Free Enterprise is a movie where these two nerdy guys are, I think, turning 30. And they're having uh, complicated feelings about it. They're imagining themselves getting the the red glowing dot on their hands like like it's Logan's running ship. And they're both big Trekkies. And they happen to run into Bill Shatner in a bookstore and they become friends with him because Bill has this false sense that they've got something to offer him as a performer. And what he pitches is that he wants to do a one-man show of Julius Caesar as a rap. It sounds impossible, but I think I could do it. <laughs> um, it's just, there's something about this in particular it's got to be a one-man show. It's got to <laughs> be the equivalent of of Julius Caesar, the one-man rap show. I just don't know which one it is, therefore. You know, he did rap in a, a Priceline commercial. He covered Bust a Move. I feel like that song is closer to It's Tricky than anything. So, I don't know. Like I feel like he does not have enough beastie energy to pull that one off. No. Sleep till Brooklyn. I don't know. Like either in either case, there's just like too many words for him. Like this is going to take forever. (laughs) I I feel like run DMC is closer to Shatner cadence already. So that one is uh, the correct one. All right. I'll let you have it. I weirdly. I met this little girly. Her hair (laughs) was kind of curly. (laughs) These girls are really sleazy. All they just say is, please me. Yeah, you got it. All right, that sold me. That was the moment. Okay. All right, well, now we've been idiots for a very long time. It's time for the real intelligent people to come through and make salient points. Todd, the listener comments, please. All right. Cat writes, puts the little, like, unhappy emoji with, like, the little slash for a mouth, and then writes, it's tricky to pick a song. And then Mothman69 responded, when neither picks considered wrong, it's tricky. <laughs> well done. Nicely done. Yes. All right. Dip Dop writes, I'd never seen the tricky video before this, and oh my God, why does Penn Gillette's hair look like that? You know, it's, none of us none of us knew at the time, and now it feels like it's been too long to ask. I don't know. It's like a mullet in the back, but on the front, it's like... Egon in the Ghostbusters cartoon it's but it's like curly and and dark but it's it's just shaped in a way that I've never seen anyone wear their hair before well he's got a big head I don't really know that (laughs) that there were a lot of appropriate options for a melon that size all right zombified 29 writes the chilling adventures of Sabrina had an it's tricky cover and for some reason that was the thing that broke my ability to watch it not the acting, not the very insane plot, but that song. Uh, I've never watched Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but I looked up this um, this cover, and uh, it is awful. And now I'm never watching Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It looked terrible. All I'm thinking is, gosh, when Wednesday season two comes around, the next <laughs> Wednesday dance better be to no sleep till Brooklyn. Ah. <laughs> uh. Bunker King writes, 
When I was growing up, we had a gas stove, and whenever we would turn on the burners, the ticking of the lighter was the exact beats per minute of its tricky. To this day, I think of quesadillas when I hear the words, this speech is my recital, and I will always, always vote for quesadillas. I mean, that's correct. (laughs) You can't go wrong with the quesadilla. Jacob Henry Camille writes, Run DMC's claim to fame is entirely them performing Steven Tyler lyrics, Thank You, Next. I'm only reading that one because it started a big fight in the comments. Well, yeah, I mean... (laughs) Rarely is an opinion objectively wrong, but (laughs) with all due respect, I have objectively wrong opinions all the time, so don't feel bad. It happens to to the best of us, but yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. Perhaps you just weren't alive during that time, but I was. No. (laughs) All right. Lucas writes, as an admirer of curly-haired women who's never been to Brooklyn, it's tricky is simply more relatable. Giassel writes, I love both these songs. But one of them has been elevated because nothing compares to when you go off a jump and the music fades out as you pull an inverted 1080 flying squirrel and then hit the ground perfectly and hear tricky. Yeah, that's correct. That's absolutely right. Luke writes, I think it's best we forget the pre-Paul's Boutique career of the Beasties as they themselves have well tried to. I... I don't agree. I I mean, I get why it is that the Beastie Boys themselves mm-hmm. wanted to forget that era. But no, it stays in the light. Sorry. It's, it's <laughs> there's there's a that's a that's that's a well executed record more often than it isn't. Um whatever its foibles and faults, I think it's ultimately very good and it is a starting place for what made them even better with time. Thank right. you, next. Okay. Griffin writes, I am still cringing 20-ish years later Anytime I remember the fact that after hearing It's Tricky for the first time on that SSX video game, my eight-year-old self confidently referred to it as a rock song at the family dinner table. My dad still reminds me of it to this day. I don't think that's as wrong as he thinks it is. Right? Yeah. I mean... That was one of the brilliant branding things about Run DMC is that they understood that their place in the canon of music didn't need to be completely apart from rock music in order to be revolutionary. One last one. John Hyman writes, It's tricky as a karaoke staple of mine. I do both parts. It leaves me out of breath, but the crowd and I feeling great. Also, every line is a limerick. It would take the BC Boys another 12 years to release a song like that. I've seen people do It's Tricky at karaoke. You do need two people. And it's great because no one's rehearsed who's doing whose part. So everyone's just stepping on each other's lines all the goddamn time. That's amazing. I um, I will say a, a, a standard bearer for every karaoke that you and I have ever done with a group of people is Sabotage. Do sabotage we? is almost always like I feel like it's like midway through the karaoke night we get to sabotage, uh, but consistently pretty much every time. All right. One last one. Bowsette writes, I am voting for no sleep till Brooklyn regardless, but it will forever be less in my mind because I recently found out the line I thought said, why'd y'all skip my line actually says white boys got more rhymes, which is infinitely less funny. 
Bowsette, I do not believe you. I've seen lyric sites say that that's the line, and I do not agree. I think you had it right the first time. Why y'all skip my line makes way more sense. That's got to be it. That's what I've always heard. Yes, let's all, for the sake of the Beastie Boys, <laughs> yes. assume that that is the line. All right. So now the question is, who won? Who do you think won? Uh, I just think it, it, it is and it isn't. My gut says that it's run DMC because of the era and also because of run DMC's profound ability to market themselves. Now, I would have guessed the Beasties because I feel like run DMC has like decreased in clout over the years, whereas the Beasties have only gone up. That was my feeling. But we have the answers. So here we go. For a total of 437 to 304, that's a 59 to 41 split. It remains tricky to rock a rhyme. Run DMC pulled it out. I was completely wrong. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, right from the I don't know, the all, all go, the comments you, were about it's it, tricky. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It just, this is a classic song versus song. This is about as pure a song versus song gets. It really, in the end, we can talk about everything else. But the reason why it's tricky wins is because it is simply the superior song. I blame EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> Sorry, right. you, you, you want to give it to me again? I blame EA Sports. It's in the game. There you go. Now I got it. <laughs> that's that's how you do it. <laughs> thank you for listening to us, everyone. Uh, thank. <laughs> oh my Sorry, gosh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a little licensed to be ill myself. <laughs> And if you like us, you can support us on Patreon. Every uh, every month, we give you a bonus episode. And this month, you guys are going to make me watch anime. I can't believe it. I really thought, I really thought you were going to win out. I thought that you had legitimately called in. You had like, I was like, I was like, Todd paid money <laughs> to get votes, so it will be Shrek too. But if you did, it failed. No, uh, I did we, not we'll do that. Figure out, we'll have to figure out how much you're going to watch and what we'll talk about and all that stuff. But yes, we're going to talk about some Cowboy Bebop. That's the thing that's going to happen. And Cowboy it'll be fun Bebop. to just let me sit quietly for once and let you sit and spin over the fact that you had to watch an anime. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Well, we'll see because I, I don't watch anime, so this should be interesting. Yes, definitely worth paying a dollar. And if you can't do that, just... Tell your friends about us. Tell everyone that we're great podcasters. We're really good at this. And our show is really fun. Lie. Thank you. Yes, lie for us. Anyway, are you ready to hear the next episode? Are you ready? Am I? I don't know. I don't know. Tell me what it is, and then I'll tell you if I'm ready or not. We are doing Glamorous by Fergie versus Jenny from the Block. By the Miss Jennifer Lopez. I am provisionally ready. Oh. For this jelly. <laughs> no, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.